Act like you love Jesus. Don't act like you had a funeral home. We ain't never cried over his grave. We've always celebrated over his resurrection. And if you get caught up on the bad things in life, you just don't ever know. But um, y'all keep Charlie and Linda and their family in your prayers and Mike. Um, I know he's not feeling well either. Have y'all went live? Put something else up. This is not their time. I'll I'll let you come back in a minute. Just tell them to hang on. Can you shut it down and come back? Because that's what we're going to do. Father, this morning... You know better than we ever will. God, in the hearts that you're beginning to, God, I want to use the word wrenching because sometimes it hurts when when you reach in and, and you begin to heal us in our hearts. And God, when you begin to squeeze the the stuff out of us that needs to go away so that we can make room for the things that need to stay. God, sometimes it hurts. So, Father, I would ask that, God, what we sense and what we feel when you begin working inside of us, God, that it doesn't cause us to run away, but it causes us to run to. Let us understand that it's your love that's bringing us to you. And it's not, it's not your condemnation throwing us away, but it's your love that's bringing us to you. So, Father, continue to work in our hearts and in our minds, and God, restore things. Father, those things that have been lost along the way, I would ask that you would restore it to each and every one. God, we all feel like that there's times that, that we've lost something, and we would, we would even say to ourselves sometime, man, I wish I had that back. God, I pray this morning that you would restore, because I know that you always go above and beyond when you restore you never bring us back to the same place we always bypass that spot and you always take us further into you so father you just keep being god as we try our best to to be servants to you and to be to be disciples of your word god teach us to believe teach us to trust show us how God, because right now, I mean, I, I hate to say it like this, but the church is doing a horrible job. They're doing a horrible job. We're all about pointing at people instead of opening our arms. God, we need you back in such a way. We, we need your spirit back. We lack your spirit. God, we, we've learned how to do church. We've... We put it into books. We're, we're, we, we, have put, we have put your good news into books of growth and have sold them to other churches. We are benefiting. Father, in an unholy way. God, we need corrected. Bring correction back to your church. 
God, I'm guilty of falling off and do I believe, do I not? Is this real? Is it not? Can I keep it? Will it won't? I, God, I'm, I'm probably the world's worst. I need you to strengthen me. God, we all need your spirit. In a big way. In a big way. God, not for our own selfish desires, but the fulfillment of your word in our lives. So God, again, I ask that you have your way in us this morning. God, you know know what you're doing right now better than I ever will. So I'm just trying to follow along. Right now, I'm dumbfounded, don't know where to go, don't know what to do. This is a moment for you. So have your way. Father, those that are, that are sick, Father, we speak healing over their lives and their family. Father, that, that they be protected. God, that even while they're in the fire, they're able to walk, walk around, Father, in liberty, knowing that you're there with them. And God, when they come out, not even going to smell like they've been there. Father, because you're able. You're able. And you're faithful. So, Father, I bless your holy name this morning. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can I tell you that when God's going to work, he's going to work, and uh, there ain't nothing you can do about it. So get over it. (laughs) If he wants to work in your life, he will work in your life. And uh, you can make it as as an easy transition as possible if you will only hear and obey. Or you can make it a life of misery by rebelling and doing your own thing your own way. All right, we're in the middle of a series on redirection. And uh, what a timely, timely word. Amen, Pastor. Because redirection is needed right now. Not only in our country, but in our churches. Not only in our churches, but in us individually. How many of you have felt like that you've been walking you're really not sure you don't feel like you're walking wrong but you're walking and it just seems like something needs to happen i I, god i've got a something's got to happen is this the right road do i take the next u-turn do i turn right at the light something's got to happen because right now i feel like i'm in a rut I entitled this message, He Is, this morning. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 11 and verse 6, Scripture tells us that he who comes to God must believe 
that he is. Believe that he is. Our life experience in, in the here and now, the, the life that we experience right now is totally dependent upon how you perceive God and who you perceive God to be. Are you hearing me, church? Your life's experience right now, as you walk out life right now, your life's experience is totally dependent upon how you perceive God and who you perceive God to be. You can't go to a God that you don't believe that can take care of your problems and expect for him to intervene. Come on. Too many times we go to God like a Santa Claus and we want him to give us our presence that brings us happiness. And God is wanting you to approach him and come to him with a pure belief inside of yourself that no matter what's going on in your life, whatever it is that you say that comes from that word, he will perform it. That's what he said. If he has said it, he will perform it. Our problem is we're going to God and we're saying what we want to say. We're not saying what he wants to say. He's not obligated to mine and your word. He is obligated to his own. That's why he said, I searched, but I couldn't find nobody better. So I had to swear by myself. He swore by himself because beside him, there is no other. He can't find someone greater. But yet we have a tendency somehow, somehow, somewhere, I don't know how we've done this, but we, we, we have found a way not, not to deny Christ, not to deny the existence of God, but we have, we have found a way to minimize who he can be. Y'all not going to like me this morning. And I'm not telling you that how you perceive him and who you perceive him to be means that you're not going to have some bumps in the road and you're not going to face some adversity in life. Because my friend, you're still going to go through that. You're still going to experience that. It's part of life. Whether he releases it, whether it passes through his hands, whether it's the enemy that brings it about, whether it's you out of your own ignorance. Ain't nobody ever lived that, right? Y'all... Y'all have not lived some, some malfunction in life due to your own ignorance, have you? We, well, we're too smart for that. We... <laughs> I'm astonished at how the church can be so diverse in the kingdom of God. And yet we are so limited in our supernatural experiences with him. Do you understand how diverse the church is? The church is diverse. There are gifts out there 
there are talents out there. There's knowledge. There's wisdom. The church is extremely diverse. There's rich and poor. There's big and small. There's tongue talking. There's not. The church is diverse. And if we could ever get together and, and use the diversity of the church and put it together in one cake batter, well, I bet you that, I bet you that cake would be awesome. That's what God's waiting. God's waiting on the church to get its act together. But yet we are so tied up in our way. We have, we have made diversity singular. Well, we don't believe in that. Oh, we don't do that at my church. Oh, you talk in tongues. Yeah, we don't do that. You believe in healing? No, healing doesn't happen today. Oh, you believe in prop, you know, prophecies long gone. I, come on, there, listen, I'm, I'm telling you, across the world, churches are so diverse. But they have limited our experience in supernatural with God. We've done it to ourselves. I don't care if you're Pentecostal, Methodist, Methodist, Luther, I don't, I don't care what you are. You have found a way to limit God's supernatural visitations and experiences in your life due to your past experience. So many times, I'm getting completely off the notes. So, so many times we have taken our first experience with God to be our ceiling of experiences with God. This is what I'm telling you. Some of us have, some of us got met on the road and Jesus expressed his grace, his saving grace, and we accepted Christ through our faith, the faith that saves. There's different stuff. And because of that feeling and that emotion and, and that understanding and that experience, that is what we believe God to be and that's all we believe that God is and we are comfortable and we have become content in staying in the same experience for the rest of our time here on earth brother you you'll go to heaven great happy for you but i don't want to be limited while i'm here he said that the the enemy is running about seeking whom he can devour but i came that you might have life and you might have it more but he's talking about now he's not talking about just over in glory land. He's not talking about when it all comes to pass. He's not talking about. He's talking about right now. And we are limiting God in our lives. And we. This is why churches fall. Because we're taught a gospel. That we limit God. And it becomes religion. 
You got to do it a certain way, a certain time, and a certain place. And that's all you can do. Can I tell you that you can go out on the street and get by the Holy Spirit and he'll rock your world? I pray that one of you could be walking through Kroger because you start speaking in tongues and don't even know why. And everybody look at you like you're stupid. And the closer they get to you, they start dropping in the meat aisle. Boom. See, you, you limit God. I mean, I, I say that kind of slight-handed, but I mean that. We limit God into what He can do in our lives and do, to, do with people around us that are in contact with us because we're, stayed, we're staying and we're content right here just being saved. As long as I'm not going to hell, it doesn't really matter if God doesn't heal me. Oh. It matters to me. It matters to me if God doesn't heal me. It matters to me. Because I know, because Paul told me, that I serve a God that is able to do. Well, if he's able, no respect to a person's, I'm adopted into the beloved. I'm an heir to the king. Come, see, you. Uh, I got to read scripture. I wonder how many of you could use an experience. I'm, I'm talking about a, a different experience with God. I, w- I wonder how many of you are or in a place that where if God was to give you an experience today, it'd get you out of your funk. Maybe it'd change your mind. Maybe it'd change the way you look at something. Maybe it'd take you to a different level in Him. I wonder how many of you could use that experience today. I'm not talking, I'm not talking about the goosebump experience. I'm not, I'm not talking about the shivers. That's just the AC. I'm not talking about an emotional overwhelming to where a tear runs down your face and glory be to God. You think God just visited. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about an experience that causes you to become offended. I'm talking about an experience with God that will elevate your faith. His whole, his whole hope for you is to take you from faith to faith and glory to glory. He wants to increase you to deepen your relationship with him. But until you are able and willing to say, God have your way, Amen. you're probably going to experience the same thing you have every Sunday you come to church. I don't want to come to church and have the same thing. You know how boring it is? To go to church, hear Big Mouth preach, and go home and nothing in your life is different? What's the purpose? Especially during hunting season, Dennis, we could be hunting. Could be golfing. He, he does crazy. He runs. Yeah, he runs. He, he'd be running. I ain't running. Or hiking. Yeah, I, no. But be fishing, riding a boat, riding a motorcycle. If your life isn't, if, you're, if, you, if you have no hope inside of you that your life will change when you come to church and get in the presence of God with two or three, 
If you have no hope that your life is going to change or that you're not going to experience God, why bother? I want to increase my relationship with God every moment that I have, every chance that I get. I want to be deepened in His relationship with me. But you've got to carry that hope. You've got to carry that belief. If you're going to come to Him, the Bible says you've got to believe. You must believe that He is. What is it that you're wanting he is. What is it you're hoping for today? He is. What is it that you need? He is. What is it that you desire? He is. But do, see, it's different. It's different to say that he is and to believe that he is. Because there's a lot of people who say, I believe God. I believe in God, but you don't serve him. That means he's not your God. He's, well, he might be your God because he still has control over your life. He's the one that gives and takes. He, that he is your God. He's not your Lord. He's not your Savior. Because you haven't accepted him. So I don't want you to have experiences that are like the experiences of the seed that falls on the rocky ground. That takes root for a moment, but the first sign of light, you wither up and die. I mean, come on, we've all, we've all been there. We, every one of us in here, I'm going to step out on a limb. Every one of us in here has gone and has experienced God in such a way we were like, whoa. And we walk outside we forgot about what the experience was. Man, I've, I've taught the people, man. They, man, we really had church today. We did. What was the message? Uh, uh, that's the type of experience you want? I want something that's food for the soul. I want something that's going to be artillery in the time of war. That when I'm faced with the enemy in my home because sickness has struck my child, I want to have the artillery that I can speak and remind God, not that he forgot, but remind God of what he said in the word. This was my promise. Man, I've got to get into scripture somewhere. If I don't get into scripture, y'all going to be going, he didn't even read the Bible. I'm giving you Bible, you just ain't listen. Mark chapter 6. Do y'all know he is? I mean, do y'all really know he is? I mean, he is everything. He is Savior. He is Deliverer. He is Healer. He is God. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He is the doorway. He's the Lamb. What do you need? Why did you come? I'm going to stop. What did you come for today? I want you to search your heart for a minute. What did, you, what did you come for today? You got it? You know what you come for today? 
Now, let me tell you something. He is. You have to believe it. You have to believe it. Mark chapter 6. Starting at verse 1. Then he, talking about Jesus, went out from there and he came to his own country. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And, and many hearing him were astonished. Saying, where did this man get these things? They've already misdiagnosed. From whom they were hearing. They had already put a cap. On what he was going to be able to do. And not do. Watch just follow this. And what wisdom is this. Which is given to him. That such mighty works are performed by his hands. Is this not the carpenter? How do you see him today? See, if you can only perceive him as a carpenter, he can build you a bench. But can I tell you, he's more than a carpenter. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary? Oh, he's the son of Mary, there's no doubt. But he's also the son of God. We, we, we have a tendency. We, we've separated who Jesus is. He's the son of Mary. And the brother. Oh, he's just... See, we, uh-oh, this ain't, this ain't my notes. We've become so comfortable with God and our relationship with God that we have minimized him such that we've pulled him out of heaven and caused him to walk beside us. Can I tell you, this earth wasn't made for him. He made it for you. I'm not saying his spirit ain't with you. It's not what I'm telling you. We have become so comfortable that he is like us now. No, he's not like us. We are like him. He, he said, let us go and make them in our image. He didn't say, let us go down and let them make us into their image. And that's what we've done. In the church, we have made God in our image. Yes, we have, because there's so many things that we will dissect and go, well, I believe that God wants, where does it line up with that? If it don't line up with that word, don't talk to me about what you think. We shouldn't be talking about what we think. We should be talking about what he said. It's going to be a good one. You're all right, just hang on. And the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon. And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended. 
at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty works. Mighty works there means dunamis power, supernatural miracles and wonders. Oh, he could take care of a headache or this kind of thing. He's talking supernatural, dunamis power. Except that he laid hands on the few sick people and they healed them. And look at this. He marveled. Their, their faith lacked so much in who he was and who he could be that he marveled. Could you imagine lacking so much faith that God would look at you and marvel in your ignorance? <laughs> then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. We limit God and what he can do. We recognize him as Jesus, as our Lord and Savior, but that's it. Have you ever had a problem you can't fix? Did you believe that he is or did you continue going through life trying to fix the problem we won't let go we won't put it in God's hand we're too good for that we got it all under control we know how to do church we know everything about it we can quote Genesis Revelation we're good but yet when it comes time to where our faith is stretched for us to believe that he is. We say nah. That's the carpenter. This is why I tell you be careful. When someone comes and speaks a word over you. Or tells you that God said. We have to be careful because some of us will reject that prophecy. Because of the vessel being used. So I have to go back to the simplicity in the gospel and tell you that Jesus used a jackass. If he can use a donkey, you better be careful. Stop looking. Let me help you. If you were thirsty in the desert, and all I had to offer you were my hands as a cup. Would you take a drink? Why? 
Because you're desperate. Don't be so mindful of the, the conduit. Be conscious of what's in it. See, y'all couldn't handle a drunk come up to you and tell you something that God said. You'd throw your cross up. Say, dude, you're drunk. Now, I ain't saying we take everything for granted and we put every word in our heart. I'm not telling you that. You, you weigh, the Bible says you test every spirit by the spirit. Go here. If it don't line up with God's word, guess what? It's not true. Right? No. I'm going to bore you before I excite you. We oftentimes miss breakthroughs in our lives because we reduce God to our first experience with Him. And like I said earlier, for most of us, it's our experience of salvation. And that's where we live in our experience with God. We never see breakthroughs in our life because we don't believe. That God does that now. We don't, we don't believe that there is such a thing as a prayer language. So we pray in English and most of the time it's praying your will, not his. <laughs> Come on. Michelle, y'all ready for this this morning? And what I want you to do is stop limiting God in your life. We, we need to open up our relationship to, to grander things than God. Now, I'm not talking, I, look, I'm not telling you this this morning so that you go and think it's Christmas all over again. I'm not, I'm not telling you. I want you to understand that he is able to do, okay? Not so much that he is going to fulfill what it is that you want in life. Now, I still believe that he can do it. But that's not what I'm going to him for. We've got to be in total surrender. We can't keep going to God and wanting to fill our own little boxes. We need to be listening to what he wants to do. Jesus didn't do it any other way. Neither should we. I know you're not denying him. I know he's your Lord and Savior. You're just reducing him. We're satisfied in the experience of that grace. That's, that's where we want to live. Oh, and it was a joyful time. It's a great time. It's awesome to know that you're saved and that you're going to go to heaven. It's awesome to know that. And I'm, I'm grateful for the belief that you have in you that there was a man that died on the cross for you and bled for you so that you could go one day and spend eternity with him. I'm happy that you, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to death that you believe that. But can I tell you this? If you believe that his blood cleansed you, how can you not believe that his stripes won't heal you? If you're not careful, 
about reducing God, you'll never, you'll never find yourself in breakthroughs. You'll, you'll never find yourself in freedoms. You'll, you'll most likely find yourself in a place of offense. What, what happened here when, when they said what they had said about God and then they said that they were offended? They were offended because God superseded their expectation. What they were used to, God stepped out of a box. God was wanting to, just prior to this, God raised a girl from the dead. And he goes to his hometown. Now he's already raised somebody from the dead. And he goes to his hometown. And they cannot see him any more than this man, this son, this brother, minimizing him, keeping him at bay. I fear we do that. I fear we do it all the time. We want God supernaturally in our lives. We we want to see God move, but we're not so sure that healing is for now. The Greek word in the New Testament is always used metaphorically of that which it hinders right conduct or thought. It's called scandalizo. I didn't get to look that up, but I wonder if that's where we get a word scandal. I, I, didn't, I might look that up, but I didn't look it up. You're sure I will, won't you? <laughs> Debbie thinks I'll look it up. I will. Because when I look at it now, scandal, that's what comes to my mind. But scandalizo, it's, it hinders right conduct or thought. Cause us to stumble. Think about that for a minute. Because they were offended, they did not have the proper conduct. What should have been the proper conduct? Receiving him as to whom he was. The right thought process, not believing that he could do because he was such a man. If you aren't careful, you too will be offended. The more that you're offended, boy, this is going to be good because I hear that word a lot in church. They offended me because they... <laughs> They went beyond your expectation because you had set an expectation on them that you didn't discuss with them. And because they didn't do what you thought they should do, now you have become offended, so now you don't act right. 
That's what we do with God. God wants to do something different. Man, we'll go to a church and we'll see somebody running or somebody singing or somebody laid out on the floor or somebody speaking in tongues and we go, oh, that ain't God. Guess what? You've become offended and now he cannot be. Oh, he, he was right there. Man, he, he put it in front of you. He said, boy, I'm going to break you through. You're going to go to a deeper thing in me. And you become offended. And he looks at you and goes. What? I wonder how many times God stood in front of you and done that. He opened up. An avenue for you to experience him in a supernatural way. And you became offended. And you didn't have the belief that it took to receive what it was he was trying to give. You acted wrong. You acted stupid. And he looked at you and went, what? How can you limit me? Who are you to tell me that I can't do? Don't Now listen, God can do whatever he wants, when he wants, how he wants. Doesn't matter. You can't. I'm not, I'm not saying that he needs my permission to do what he, he, he God. But I can tell you this. And we're getting ready to find out. Your hunger can expedite you to move to the front of the line. But you got to be hungry. You, you've got to be able to recognize God in a different way that you're recognizing God. I'm just telling you. Stop praying to a mystical being out in some stratosphere. Speak to him as one that can give you everything you need. Because he is. So let's go to another account real quick. I'm not going to stay in front of you for another hour. But you got to get this. And this Matthew chapter 8. This is at the total opposite end of the spectrum. In, In all accounts. It's at a different place. It's with different people. It's with non-believers. See, this, this right here is going to get you goat. This is going to get you goat. Because you ain't ready. You, you, you don't think that this can happen. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. I'm going to go through 13, then we'll stop. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him. Now, this, this place was... Jew, Gentile, mix. It's a fishing village. Just so happened this centurion was a Gentile. Y'all know what Gentiles are, don't you? Gentiles are the non-believers. Gentiles were not the chosen ones at the time. Okay? So, here's, an, here's what we would consider an unbeliever. Quote, unquote. 
Because if they're not saved, we consider them unbelievers, non-believers. A centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, uh-oh, he just, he just looked at Jesus and called him Lord when his own people called him man. This is a non-believer. This is why I've got to tell you, I've got to tell you, we're doing Holy Spirit thing on Wednesdays. I've I got to tell you, I believe that the Holy Spirit showed him something. For his own people to call him man and for him to call him Lord, he saw something. And I, I can prove that with scripture. Hang on a minute. My servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, well, I'll come and heal him. Now, before, before this occasion, Jesus was touching people and healing people. Don't get offended, religion. Just hang on a minute. The satyrian answered and said, he ain't changed his mind. He did not change his perception. He perceived Jesus to be. He that comes to God must believe that he is. He did. He said, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. And the church went, <gasps> I heard it. I heard that the Spirit's strong. I'm not worthy that you come to my house and lay hands on him. You don't have to go lay hands on him. And the church went, <gasps> who is this? Blasphemy. Now, I'm not, I'm not against if you, if you feel and believe at the moment that you're led for someone to hold hands and impart or to be a conduit of whatever the deal is that's going on. They may carry the gift of healing or what. And you believe that at that moment that is what you need. And somebody needs to lay hands on you. Come on. Bring it on brother, sister. Let's go. That's fine. I'm okay with it. But don't you dare. Don't you dare. Snub your nose at someone that says. Pastor you ain't got to lay hands on me. Just send a word. It ain't the pastor's word. Okay. Before I have to fight religion again. I'm not sitting pastor up on no pedestal. Because you can do the same thing. Don't you know? Don't. Don't. Don't you know you've been given the same authority? You don't believe it. Just hang on. Don't be... Look, don't be mad at me. Don't be offended. This is word. Don't be offended. Because I want you to act right. I want you to think right. 
I don't want you to stumble. I don't want you to fall away from the faith. I want you to be offended to the point that you go, hey, wait a minute. What I've been doing is wrong. I need to get right. Don't, don't run away from it. Embrace it. This is God's word, not Rocky's word. You can't be going up there casting spells on people getting, getting weird. You get weird, I'm going to smack you. This ain't about getting weird. This is just about believing when I come to him, I believe that he is. I believe that what I'm getting ready to ask him, he can do it. That is what the centurion seen. He walked up to him and said, look, I ain't worthy that you even come to my house. If you'll just send a word. And my servant will be healed. Just God, look, don't, don't waste your time. There's some people over here that probably need. Don't wait, just speak it. Because he'll be healed. If you speak it, he'll be healed. How in the world did this guy know? For I also. That means... He just recognized in him, Jesus, that which he was in, centurion. He said, for I also. So you don't, you don't have to go nowhere. Watch. I love it. I also am a man under authority. Having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go. And he goes. And I say to this one, to another, come. And he comes. And to my servant, do this. And he does it. He had an experience with the one who was able. He could have been offended and not believed it. He could have passed right by Jesus and never spoke to him. But his hunger, Jesus probably wasn't even there for him. He was there doing something else. And the centurion showed up. And his hunger caused him to get in line. He got an appointment. Got an appointment with the one that was able. Yes. The one that is. And because he listened. I still, I still know. The Holy Spirit showed him this. How do you know that, Pastor? Because Scripture says that the Holy Spirit is the revealer of all truth. That's how I know. So shut up, religion. That's how I know that he had an encounter and the Holy Spirit spoke to him. Man, I just, this, this is my sermon. Call him Lord. Hey, Lord. He'll do it, do it again. 
Just tell him. It would get, what were Can I tell him don't even come? Just tell him speak. And it said that Jesus marveled. Only two times in Scripture. I'll just give you the first one a few minutes ago. Where he marveled at the people. He was like, what? Really? What? I can't believe. And now he's going, I ain't found this kind of faith in all of Israel. Something happened. See, this is why you don't want to dumb down your idea of who God is based on your experience. Why not allow someone else's experience? Uh-oh. Hang on. Why not let somebody else's experience unlock something and you get the overflow? Hang on. I'm... We're going to go a couple more scriptures down here in a minute. He said, Lord, just send a word. Up to the, He was laying hands on people. Because this man recognized him in a way nobody else had recognized him. And did you notice Jesus did not rebuke him? Jesus didn't say, now wait a minute, wait a minute, like religious people would. He didn't say, now wait a minute, you, you, if any is sick among you have to come and get the laying on of the hands and they haunt you. That's religion. I'm not saying that ain't scripture. It's scripture, but I'm saying that's religion. When you minimize God to that's the only way that anyone can be healed, I'm telling you that the, the, the likelihoods of you experiencing supernatural stuff with God is very, very slim. And this man said, I'm not even worthy of you coming to my house. You just send a word. Because I, rec I recognize, this is, what I, this is what's going through his mind. He said, wait a minute, this man's got authority, and I know he's got authority, but he's able to do something differently than what I'm able to do. I can just talk to people, and they can come and go and do what I need. But I've watched him. He's talked to sickness. He's raised the dead. I've already seen all this stuff and heard this stuff. So I said, hey, why not? Let's try it. Hey, open up. Just send a word. And instead of Jesus going, wait a minute, we can't do that, Jesus said, wow. It broke something free. It broke something in him. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. It broke something in Jesus that he had yet to experience. Because he was laying hands on people. Now he just spoke a word. It released something in him. Can I tell you what you minimize God to is going to be all he's going to be able to do. That's right. This man says, shoot, I believe it. Hey, Jesus, you believe it? Just send a word. And look what he's holding. Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many, 
will come from east and west. This is all because that this man stepped out, experienced Christ or God on a different level than everybody else. He, he opened up a door that he could experience supernaturally. And God said, okay, now look what happened. This guy's a Gentile. Most likely, he's not going to the temple to offer up sacrifices. A Gentile, non-believer. And he then opened up a doorway that Christ could move, not only in the chosen people's lives, but in those that weren't. Look, he said, and I say to you that many will come from east and west. That's not the Jews. The east and the west were the Gentiles. But look at what they get to do. Now look, this, is a, this has to be a high mark for the Jewish community. He said, they'll come from the east and the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This would be a high honor for the Jewish. This was the men at the time. This, these were the fathers of the faith. These are the ones that they would pray. I pray in the name of the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I pray like my fathers pray, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Man, it would have been a great opportunity for the Jew, for the Jew to come and sit and sit with Abraham. But for the Gentile to do this, boom. I wonder how many Jews became offended that day. Man, I wish he would have wrote a little bit more detail on that and told us that there was Jews that jumped off the fishing pier and drowned. I wish he would have just opened and just said something. Because I believe that they became offended. I believe they didn't start acting right. Well, I can't believe. What do you mean they get Eastern with the Gen? They can't sit with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I can just, oh, I can just hear it. But all of this was triggered by somebody actually believing that he is. But the sons of the kingdom, y'all better pay close attention. He's saying the people from the east and the west, these Gentiles, these lost, they're going to be able to set with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But the sons of the kingdom, are y'all reading the same scripture? I want to make sure it's on this screen too because I know what it says on that one. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out. Into outer darkness. This is the Jewish community. What? I mean, we could have just left it at they'll come from east and west and sit down. We didn't have to go that far, did we? Or did we? Look. 
Just because you're going to church. not found such great faith not even in Israel and I say to you that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven but the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth then Jesus said to the centurion Go your way. As you have believed, so let it be done for you. So as you have believed, let it be done to you. Do you really believe that he is? Or are you just saying it? You just give the old churchies try. You just backing up and going, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna give it a shot." <laughs> or do you believe it? Do you really recognize the authority that God has? Jesus said in Matthew 18 that all authority, both heaven and earth, has been given to me. Matthew 18, 18, I think, Tommy, you can flip it up there just to make sure. I just want to make sure it says heaven and earth, but I think it does. Okay, give me 17. See, this is why I have it checked. I know it's Matthew 18 something. Well, don't y'all just look at me and make me sweat under the light. Y'all be looking for it. I should have just said, well, y'all tell me which one. Then that would have been, that would have went over well, wouldn't it? Somebody Google it. Probably find it quicker. I thought it was Matthew 18. See, I can tell you when I'm wrong. Has somebody Googled it? Where did my daughter go? All authority has been given to me. Just look that up. Read the instructions. Oh. Matthew, you didn't really say which scripture. Matthew 28, 18. 28, 18. I just missed it by 10. <laughs> I'm just trying to get you to read the word of the Lord. I know it was somewhere. Right, I got to 18. I got to 8 two times. 
if he's been given that authority and we are heirs of Christ, heirs in the kingdom, if we are joint heirs, if we are brothers, if we are his chosen, we have the same authority on earth. We have it. When's the last time you really looked into your problem's eyes and said, beat it, Jack? But you have to believe it. I mean, it's hard to tell people, but just believe. Well, I do believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. And as soon as somebody throws a rock in your pond, you didn't capsize your canoe and nothing else is happening. We've got to get from one perspective to another. If you want to grow in God, grow in the expectancy of what God can do. Don't limit him. He's wide open. He's wide open. And trust me, you'll never be able to ask him more than what he can do. Amen. That's impossible. I wonder if he surprises himself sometimes. Probably not, but just a thought. You all right? You okay? I want you to believe. Because if you're going to go to him, you have to. Most people, I, I don't know why I'm trying to throw this scenario in there, but I'm going to put it out there. These people that stand on the corner asking for money, they believe you have it. Well, they wouldn't be out there. Right? They believe you got it. They just hoping you go give it to them. Well, if we trusted God like that to stand out in the rain, I've seen them stand in the heat. I've seen them stand outside in the freezing. What if we had faith in Him the way they have faith in you? Could you imagine what could happen in your life? God will turn it around. He'll turn your heartaches around, your problems around, your finances around. He'll turn it all around. But don't go getting crazy on me. Don't be going out there and just, Pastor, I ain't go to work today, but I'm believing God is going to give me a new house. I believe you will too when you get up and go to work. Right? Man don't work, man don't eat. 
So we got to be somewhat wise. But stop putting the element of common sense in what God's able to do and not able to do. I mean, we can be reserved in life. We just can't be reserved with God. Some of you challenged. Some of you hating it right now. Well, I thought I believed in him. I thought I believed he could. Break something new open in your life. Go to another level of experience. A supernatural experience. That's what I, I want supernatural experience. That's what I want. And see, people, now there's the other religious side that says, now you can't be out there like a storm chaser and going looking for all of those works and everything else. You can't. I, I ain't say I was out there looking for it. I want God to do it with me. And he can. I ain't asking him to elevate me off of the ground, literally, but if he did, hey, that'd be a, that's a different experience. 